I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been kind of dreading this recording, and, and, and not because I don't like talking to you. You know, I always have at least one or two episodes a year that I cry like on the mic, and I feel like this is gonna be one of those episodes. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Microphone check. Does my mic sound nice? Uh. Yes, it does. Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time, where we change the narrative by changing the perspective. I'm Jared Dam, and it's about damn time to have another conversation that changes the way you think and perceive things. The only question is, are you ready? Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time. I'm Jared Dam in the building once again, and it is about damn time that we talk about grief. And uh, anybody who has known me for the last few months knows I might have, I might have had like some, some, some shit that kind of happened, you know, whatever that you know made it cause some grief here or there. And um, luckily, I am joining the conversation with um a a woman that is a fellow podcaster a woman that is um inspires women um you know brings together like she's like the the nick fury of 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 baddies with business because she brings all these these talented people together and and have them sit there and, and and collaborate and and the the og baddie with business Malaron, how are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I like that that introduction. I need to use that, the OG baddie with business. Because I used to say the baddie behind baddies with business, but mm. I'm going to just be the OG. Mm. Yeah, um, you started this gangster shit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Somebody so, called me mama baddie. The <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, bet. Not auntie, just mama baddie. Well, but I'll you, be that. You birthed the baddies with business, you know, and mm-hmm. and I and I'll give you a chance to sit there and talk about that in a, in a little bit. But you birthed it, so yeah, you, you mama, you know what I mean? Okay, auntie, auntie, just sit there, just you know, spoil the kids, give them a little something, and, and then bounce out. You you ride or die. You in there? You know I'm what in mean? there. You, you in know, there, there's time I'm mama. There's times I'm rich auntie because that's the vibe that I'm trying to. That's the that's the vibe <laughs> I'm trying to carry out. Rich auntie. What you want, sugar? Okay. How much it costs? You know what? Go ahead and get it. It got sugar in it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just you home to your mama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I ain't go- I, you can't stay tonight, but you can stay tomorrow. Okay? <laughs> Not tonight. Oh, yeah. You, you got the auntie vibes down, Pat. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So um, this, this conversation... And this is one of these unscripted conversations I be having that makes me so so fucking nervous. But this conversation kind of just stemmed from, um, you know, we was at our, our Black Pod collective, you know, virtual meetup, and we we're talking, and I was asked to give a breakdown of, of how my November went, and I kind of went off, and everybody was like, <laughs> "The hell!" And um, I don't know, was 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 nice enough to say, "Hey, let's let's." you know, schedule some time to, to talk about grief um, because, you know, you have sh- shared, uh, you know, similar stories, uh, you know, 
my father passed in November. Um, and although I have spoken about it um, on the mic, you know, in solo episodes and kind of just in passing, I never really opened up about it. And, uh, you know, let me just start off. Uh, let's, let's talk about your loss and, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and how you kind of related to, to me and everything that I was talking about. Yeah. So my dad, I was and still am a daddy's girl through and through. Um, growing up, you could find me in the field with my dad. So I grew up in North Carolina, in Eastern North Carolina country. Mm-hmm. And we had tobacco until I was like 11 or 12. So I learned how to drive a tractor, a drive a tractor in the tobacco field. Wow. We had a garden. Um, we went to the farmer's market. I think that's where I know that's where like my entrepreneurial spirit comes from because every Tuesday, Friday and Saturday we were at the farmer's market with vegetables we had raised and we raised hogs and chickens and all that. So all that to say, my daddy was outside. I was outside. And a lot of my siblings, that's how he raised us. So like you start on the farm, it's your first job. You go and do other things, but like, this is where you're learning the work ethic. So um, he had early stages of dementia that had started to set in. And so at the time I was in New Orleans, I was like, oh, I want to move back to be closer to him. Um, Of my siblings, I am the youngest. Mm -hmm. And I also am the only one without children. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm going to move back so I can be closer while he still knows me and spend more time. And I happened to move back to North Carolina the month after he passed. So he passed. His birthday was March 24th. And he made 89 on his birthday and he passed on March 26, 2018. And he was surrounded for his birthday. He was surrounded by family. Um, I I didn't happen to make it up because I was like, daddy, I'll be there in like two weeks. But um, he was surrounded by family, um, all of my sisters, my brother, uh, aunts and uncles, like they all were there to like celebrate his birthday. I think mama had made a chocolate cake. Right. And so it was like, it was a celebratory occasion because at that point he had been in the hospital prior and then they sent him home to kind of keep him comfortable. But as I mentioned, he was a farmer. And so if he wasn't able to get out and go outside, then um, we feel like that's what kind of took him down. And he was like, okay, this is the end because I can't, I can't be on the John Deere. I can't be out here putting my hands in the soil. So yeah, that March 26, my dad passed. And then that a couple years prior, my sister had passed of cancer. She had been battling cancer for a while. And so she passed, I think it was 2016. Yeah, I think it was 2016 she passed. Dad passed on 20, 2018 in March. And then my other sister passed in September. So the there's a connection of birthdays because my um, sister that passed in 2018 I literally went to like my birthday, September 18th. Mm-hmm. We went to do like brunch together, her and my mom. And our family is a blended family. So this is my sister on my mom's side. My sister that passed 20, 2016 is my sister on my dad's side, but still it's all sister. Right. And so we went to brunch on that Monday on my birthday. That next day I get a call from my mama and she was like, Hey, I'm headed to Shiraz because something's not 
something's not right. And the way she sounded was like, okay, she might be like, she said, oh, Khalil found her, who's my nephew, and she was cold. I was like, oh, okay, well, does she need a blanket? You know me, yeah. just, I'm going to move her from meetings and stuff, virtual. And she was like, I'm going to go see what's going on. And I was like, okay. So then I thought about it, and I called my best friend. I was like, something is it. I think maybe she's dead. I don't know. So then everybody started calling me, and it was like, where are you? And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll just head there. But it still didn't set in until like I got there, and she wasn't there. And so that was, you know, again, in 2018, two years after my other sister. And so, like, all of this death and grief. And my dad, like, when him passing, it was like, he was older. I knew it was coming at some point, but I was just like, he gonna live forever like Jesus, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe it's Moses. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about. He gonna live forever. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Maybe it's Abraham. Um, anyway, he gonna I, live forever. You besides, get it. Well, besides, Jesus live forever. You know, like you know, because he because he ascended, and and then Moses and Abraham they mm-hmm. they were both old. So you know, oh, okay, yeah. all of them, See? all of them, all of them, yeah. all of them. I wanted to find the right one because as a child that grew up in the church, well, I mean, Jesus lived on in the spirit. Yeah. You know? So I, yeah. You know, we rolling with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so that was like, it was a shock, but it was also like he had lived a good life. Yeah. And both of my sisters were like, my sister that passed like that same year, that was like out of nowhere because right. literally I saw her, I could still smell the scent of her perfume on my couch. She had like, her nail had fell off and like there was a piece of her nail that was still sitting on the couch. Yeah. And then the next day, boom, she's gone. And then my sister that had passed some years before, that was like, she had been battling for a while. And so it was one of those were like, we are going to miss you terribly, but you have been suffering for years. So yeah, it's just, it's really tough. So that year in 2018, it was really tough after my dad. And then after my sister passed and I was like, this is three, this two in a year and then three within a couple of years. And I just kind of like, I struggled. Yeah. I struggled. And I think that it was at a point where my mom was like, she was trying to comfort me, but she, you know, she lost her husband and her daughter. And so it was like different people in the family that like had these intersections. And so I was talking to someone, um, a friend, and I was like, I just need to find a therapist. Because up until that point, you know, I grew up in the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was like, you're just going to pray about it. You're going to take your business outside of other people. And at that point, I was like, there was a sense of darkness, but not like darkness where it's like, I can't deal with it. It was darkness where like, I couldn't see forward because I needed someone to help me process like, is this darkness or is this like a shade of gray? Or maybe this is like a dark purple. And so there's opportunities there. And like, how can I navigate through that? So I... She, um, that friend told me that she had a therapist that she was like, I recommend and you could try her out. And that was when I was in Durham and I started working with her in person. And then once I moved, um, I moved to Maryland and now in St. Louis, I still work with her. I don't, I don't fly in each time, but we now have like moved to virtual, but it has been incredible just to like have a neutral party that Uh you can just talk to. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to talk to you about my problem. And then we start talking and it's just like a conversation. She's like, why do you 
feel that way. Why do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's usually how it works, though. That's usually how mm-hmm. it works. Like, they'll, they'll wear you down. Yeah. And, and I'm no I'm no stranger to therapy. I, I definitely need to get back into it, especially after all this. First of all, Melron, that that that's that story, you about to have me cry just just for listening to that alone. That's a lot of loss. And it reminds me of my um you know, my cousin Tayeta. It's you know, we had something similar that happened to our family where it was like year after year. So um she grew up she actually was living in the same town with my grandparents and so and then they, they kind of fail one after another. And so grandma died first. And then the next year, uh, Paul Paul died. And then, and then the next year after that, her stepfather died. And then the next year after that, her mom died. And so it was just like, it just, you know, and, and it was hard for the family, you know, with those losses. And I, and I still like when I'm driving to Louisiana, I, I may not even see anybody, but I might creep through to the, to the graveyard and just sit, you know, sit there and talk to all three of them. Um, you know, my, my, my grandparents and my, and my aunt, but, um, it was harder for her because she was there and that's who she grew up with. And, and that, and, and then she's living in that house, uh, with those memories. And, you know, I would see, you know, Facebook posts or see, you know, her struggling with stuff and it just it broke my heart every time. And, and I think, the problem with me and and my grief is that, you know, my relationship with my dad was not like the relationship, you know, my cousin and you had, you know, you know, with, you know, with y'all parents, um, I had a, you know, it was tumultuous at best. Um, I think I, I did, I did grow up, uh, with him being, um, like my hero, like, you know, it was like, it was, it was like, um, it's like Magic Johnson, Jerry Rice, Hulk Hogan, dead, not, not in any particular order, you know, in the eighties, that's just what it was. It was just, <laughs> it was them. And it really depends on what, what, what day it was, who was number one and who was number four. Like if right. it was all, if it wasn't football season going on right then, let's drop Jerry down to four. WrestleMania coming up, let's move Hogan to one. <laughs> but the whole time, dad was there, you know. So it was, um, yeah, my mom has told me all these stories about how I would, you know, when they first um, split up, and I would be like, did you just take me away from my dad? I mean, why are you trying to keep me from my dad? So it was just like that for so long. And fuck, as we got older, it just, it just, it just faded. And we had a difference of opinion on things. And, for me, we weren't even talking, you know, during that time. Like la- the last time, I had I had seen him, um, probably. I mean, it's not like we we weren't we weren't beefing. We just really didn't, didn't talk. And the last time I saw him was like uh, July um, of twenty twenty one, and you know, he he got moved around a little bit, and he was in Tampa. He had just moved to Tampa a few months beforehand, um, so. I have the grief, but I have the guilt of having grief, if that makes sense. Because I, cause I, I don't feel like I should be grieving. And and I know we talked about that, you know, when we hit in, that, in that meetup. But ain't a whole lot changed since then. I still, like, you know, I, you know, I, I talked, to, talked to you even beforehand. I was, you know, thinking about it. And I, and I watched the little tribute video that I did. And, and 
when you popped on, I was already teary eyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, but it's, it's feeling that way. And it's just feeling like I don't deserve to feel that way. My my younger sister talked to him every day. She is going through it. She fucking deserves to feel that way. And and I'm I'm there and I want to support her, but I guess I guess you know, my question to you for somebody who is who has dealt with all this, how do you how do you allow yourself to to grieve? Because mm-hmm. Everyone's checking on me. <laughs> Everyone's like, you know, hey, have you have you have you broke down yet? I got a, I got one of my aunts that, that wants me to come to St. Louis and Kwanzaa. If you listen, I'm probably not gonna make January. We'll we'll see what we can do in February. <laughs> Sorry, and and so she wants me to come there to kind of just decompress. And and everybody asking me all the time if I'm actually have I actually cried or am I doing stuff for myself? And I, I don't know. I can't. Like I I can't. Like I like I feel like the times I. Allow myself for that to happen. I'm just, I feel powerless, and and I and I can't shake the urge that I gotta be there for everybody. Um, so, um, shit. Uh, how did you? How did you like? How did you? How did you personally? How did you deal with that grief? It was. It was tough. So the first thing that like my therapist told me and I had been doing not really was when that like memory or thought comes, just like allow it to just be there. Yeah. And just to sit with it. And, you know, for a while I was like, well, let me just push this aside because like I gotta make sure mom's good. Cause now that I'm moving back, I'm like closer. So I check on her. I have to check in the house. I have to do these things. Um, and I wouldn't allow the space for that. And so I just start like, oh, when that moment happens, when I'm like, oh, I'm reading a book or I'm watching Netflix, the worst. I'll watch Netflix. And it seemed like every single story or show that I watch, somebody has lost their dad. And so yeah. I'm like, ball, just like crying. Yeah. And so I just let. I just had a good cry. And so every time the cry would come, I just have a good cry. If I need to listen to a song, I just have a good cry. And then after that, I'm like, okay, I feel cleansed. You know, I'm able to process that. Um, Something else she said to do, I I can't remember if I did this, was write a letter. Mm. And like, if you were able to have a conversation, you just write that letter. And sometimes there's like, you're frustrated because you're like, this person left you in this state on this raggedy earth and so you write a letter and it could get out your frustrations it could be about like you missing that person but just like getting it out there um and i i would say like i haven't you you never get over it you just learn how to move through it and so it was tough for like for a while i mean it's still kind of tough to this day because sometimes i Every time I would go back home to North Carolina and I'd walk in the house and I'd be like, daddy's not here or like something break. And I'm like, oh, well, I got to try to figure that or like mm-hmm. call my brother. Um, as I like go into the yard and I see like the different buildings that he built in the yard or the shop and stuff is starting to fall down. I'm like, oh, we got to keep it up. This 
when right after my dad passed, maybe like a couple months after that, my mom was starting to like get rid of stuff. And one of the first things that she got rid of was the tractor. She don't need a tractor. Right. But like for me, that was like, it's him. Mm-hmm. So if you get rid of the tractor, he is gone. And yeah. so I cried. I was trying to figure out like, okay, how I'm going to have this tractor? Where I'm going to put this tractor? Right. And I know I'm living in apartments, in apartment like buildings. And I'm like, I can't pull up no chair in a parking spot. Right. And so I cried. And then the next thing was our four-wheeler, which he got me that four-wheeler when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. But he had had it. And then after I went to college, he used it in the garden. So he would hook up this little um, little trailer to it. And he just like go, him and Roscoe the dog, just go through the, the parking lot, not the parking lot the field yeah and then when she got rid of that i was like oh that's another piece of him so like he's really gone so i just tried to hold on to like those memories and when i felt like okay i can't do this i tried like i was like maybe i I can't do it or like it was really hard to go home up i was like i want to be here mama but it's i really struggle yeah and she was like you struggle i'm in this house right like he he passed in that living room I'm in this house, but then she holds on to, I saw him in pain. Like I saw what he was going through. I saw him struggling with, you know, dementia. It like you, the person that the filter, all those things that you have, you start to like lose that ability and then remembering things. And so he would forget something and get frustrated because it can remember like, he couldn't understand why he couldn't remember it. Right. And then it, he felt like, well, everyone thinks I'm dumb because I can't remember this thing, but I don't even know this thing that I'm trying to remember. And so just watching the person you love, like, that happened to. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there, like, to your point, like, love my daddy. But, like, I was in um, New Orleans at the time. And I would get up to visit, and I would try to do three visits per year. And when I would go, i try to do, like, a, um, like a week. So all that to say, I... I tried to remember the good times and like try to think about what are ways that I can honor like his legacy and my sister's legacy and just their memory and the the fine things like the events and things that we would do together. So yeah, it was tough. Yeah. It's it really tough. I I I I really feel you with the with the possessions thing because um I had to go to to Tampa and clear out his house, and so, um, you know, uh, I was I was close to sibling, you know, there, and I, you know, I, w- I wanted to just kind of make sure to make it happen, and you know, I had an uncle that flew down to kind of help, but I was there, and I and I and I had to, I think I think that's the other part of it, like it, I don't know what's worse. I don't know if it's if it's worse that like for your dad you knew that he had dementia and it was slowly you know eating away at him and and, and everything, or for me, I still don't know how he died. Like like I don't I don't know like we had to do, you know like a wellness check you know because you know somebody close to him was like, well hey I hadn't talked to him and I talked to him every day and so we were scrambling trying to figure that out. And the entire time, I'm, I'm like, as my sister keeps talking about him, like the longer you're going by, I'm like, yeah, he, he, I, I, I was preparing like for what you know I had to do, mm-hmm. and 
But nothing, nothing prepares you for when you get to that house. Like I, I, I don't know if I ever said this publicly, but I, I got to his house and I opened the door and immediately I saw like his shoes, like right by the chair, you know, <laughs> something I've seen, you know, uh, uh, you know, he get home, he'll get home, kick his shoes off, sit in the chair and recline or something I've seen for a while. So that feeling right there just, just triggered. And I doubled over like, trying to deep breathe so I started right then so now now I'm crying I'm upset and now I'm mad that I'm upset because I, all I did was just walk in the door so now I'm, I'm angry at myself for being this upset and then I walked around the corner and when I walked around the corner I just saw like this pool of blood that was by his bed like it looked like where he had he had been laying because he had been there maybe a couple of days before we actually found him and so they had somebody that came in and got him and took the body off and everything else like that. So he was at the medical examiners, but I, I saw that and I, and I didn't know who else was coming down and everything. So I was like, I didn't want people to see that image that, you know, and, and lose it. So I lost it. <laughs> like I literally just doubled over and started crying. And then, and then I just remember getting cleaning supplies and, just scrubbing like I just I just needed to clear that out so nobody else nobody else could experience that and um I said I would say um I I end up getting a lot of his stuff um you know whether some of some of it getting it you know to my siblings and some of it I hadn't necessarily gave away yet or I'm trying to give away or or trying to but he, he he was lazy like me and so he had these these irobot vacuum cleaners and everything he, 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 once he bought them he was like i've never vacuumed again and and i mm-hmm. and i get it because <laughs> i i run them now and i'll be looking at them like whoo yeah y'all go ahead and do y'all thing i clear a little path for y'all and i can keep cleaning or doing something else or working on edits for podcasts so it's beautiful but every once in a while when i started well you know he had a, a few of them but every once in a while when i started i'm like I just, I just see him walk, you know, driving around, and I just, it's like a, like I just like, you know, just get, I just break down a little bit because I'm like, it's just a, it's just the small random things that you just remember, that just send you into that little rabbit hole of of grief. And uh, I heard the, I heard the letter writing thing. I, I mean, somebody told me about that, and strangely enough. When we was not getting along when he was here live, um, I did write a letter to him. You know, my therapist, you know, had me do that. And I wrote a letter to him because I was just letting him know about things that I did not care for. Uh, and she told me that I could either, you know, keep the letter or, the, you know, destroy it. Or, you know, if you want to sit there and send an email and send it to him, you could. I was ballsy enough to send him the email. And uh, he was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so we were going back and forth, and, he, and it, I suffer from depression and anxiety. And although my dad was a very intelligent man, he's a chemist, um, 
he didn't wrap his mind around that. Like it, it just it just didn't really work. It didn't wrap his mind around that. And so as I so in different situations where I would talk about my depression, whether I was, you know, suicidal or whether I was just like writing that letter to 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 be like, This is how you doing this, these chain of events happened to, to help me and get me this way. He just couldn't get it. He couldn't wrap his mind around depression. He couldn't wrap his mind around anxiety. Like, you know, Jerry, you depressed? Why you Why you say it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, he couldn't wrap his mind around that letter. He was like, I don't even know why you sending me this. Like, you know, you're a grown man. You know, which, why you got? Why you telling me? I'm like, I don't know. Come out the office, over. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Crying in the office. So that was part of the issue. And in, in, in even now. As much as much times I was frustrated with that back and forth, um, yeah, it's missed now because I can't go back and forth with it anymore. Yep, it's it's just me and my thoughts, and the last time I heard from him. It was uh, after that hurricane hit Tampa last year. And um, I had some stuff that was going on. I was just trying to be there for my daughter. So I was I was not focused. I knew it was a, like a, I knew it was, it was a hurricane, but I was actually on my way driving to Dallas making sure she was good. So it wasn't my main focus. And I think he I think he called me a week later, later like around nine o'clock on like a, a weekday. And I'm like, I ain't, I ain't got the energy to be dealing with Larry Butler today. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just not. And I ignored it. And I would let it go to voicemail. And he left a message saying, "Why don't you check on me? You know, for you know during the hurricane." And I just remember getting so fucking annoyed, like. Man, you alright? <laughs> like, like, and I was, I was annoyed because I was like, he didn't take. He was the most present grandfather to to my kids, and so, um, my annoyance was like, well, hey, you don't even know what's going on with your granddaughter, you know, you don't ask about her at all. So, you know, not that I didn't care that you was in the hurricane, dude. If you calling me a week later. And you were talking about why why did I check on you? You obviously fine. Like it was just it was like a whole this annoying thing. And two weeks later, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, uh, and that's when you sit there with it. Like I never called him back. I never called him back. That's that's the last interaction we have. It's it's still on my phone. That's that's that guilt or grief that I that I I. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around. Like I don't, I don't, I just feel like I don't deserve it. We're we're human, and we all have these moments of like, oh, what if I didn't do this, or what if I didn't say this? And if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And that checking on you during the hurricane, I mean, you can't like. Like, oh, I can't grieve because I didn't do this thing. 
And we're always going to have these moments. Um, even I think about like, I had a pretty good relationship with my dad, but there were moments where it was like, I don't agree with you, sir. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you I don't agree with you. And I think about like, oh, what about these moments? Or I lived in New Orleans. I lived away. I moved out to go to college when I was 18. And I did not move back until 2018. So that was a good like 12 math, whatever it is. It was over 10 years that I was gone. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, what if I would have moved back and I could have helped mama more? I could have moved in and done these things. But I was like, you know, I can't, I can't blame myself for that. It did take me a while to like get over that. Cause I was like, okay, what if I did this? And what if I did this? And but I was like, you know, I can't blame myself for that because it was his time to go. And I'm just thankful I had the moments I did. And so that's what I would advise you is like, hold on to those moments you had when he was like your number five or number four, whatever the season was. <laughs> right. Hold on to that. Um, hold on to those moments where it was just the two of y'all, the great moments. Cause there's going to be moments where it's like, Oh, I don't necessarily want to hold on to that. Or like take me to like, should I be grieving? Cause I didn't call back, but you had some positive moments. And so I will hold on to those and cherish those. If you have pictures, cherish those. Also, the voicemail may not be as pleasant, but you have his voice. Yeah. I have my dad's voice. He called me. He left me a voicemail. I was like, hey, Mel. Well, my name is Big Girl. Hey, Big Girl. Just call and check on you. And I saved that voicemail. Like, every time I get a new phone, I get the, like, voice memo, the newest, that, that particular app, so I don't lose it. Because I don't want to miss, I don't want to lose the sound of his voice. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, I feel like it's fading and I can't hear it. Yeah. So hold on to the good. Hold on to those positive moments. You'll have moments where they're not so great. You will move through those. Um, but just try to hold on to those memories that were fine. And then so, for some people, it's like when they're grieving, they don't have a, a good relationship and they can't even get to that place. And for them, like their grief looks different. It's like. I'm grieving the person you were or the, maybe the person you could have been, yeah. you know, but I can't speak to that. But you seem like you had some fond memories before they were not fond. Yeah. So hold on to those. Yeah. It, I, I, it, it was truly, it was truly tumultuous um, because like for every, <laughs> for every moment where, you know, we had our battles, you know, it's like, I think, you know, it's like after he died and we you know, drove down to Louisiana because we had this memorial and I'm, you know, with all my siblings and everything. And we we're just kind of just talking. He's a, he was a lover of music. So, you know, we all had like different parts of our life where, you know, this, this song right here reminds you of, and for me, it was Lionel Richie uh, because he, this Negro thought he was Lionel Richie. I swear, <laughs> I swear, I swear to God, he thought he was Lionel Richie. So he went in the car and he just like he doing a concert. He hit he like he playing the guitar as he driving, and I'm just like, you know, at first, you know, as a teenager, I'm like, oh god, I'm so embarrassing. <laughs> but after after a while, he's like, all right, I'll, I'll sing back up, you know, like you know. <laughs> but and then he would entertain me, you know, with 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 my music. So for for every Lionel Richie song, I would let him hear Biggie. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, and 
for some reason he he liked that that Mickey R. Kelly one, you know, loving you tonight. Uh, he was a real mm. big fan of that one. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and so I mean, but, but between that, you know, you know, one sister had like you know, big pun and Joe, uh, still not a player because he he made he he played it over and over again. Or uh, one sister, she she was she was it was Charlie Wilson. So it was like. We all had these little these little members here end up doing a playlist together because it's always was something like that. And and I think I think you're right. You gotta hold on to that that the good things, the good parts um of of everything. And um you know, it's you know, it's, it's old adage like I got from a Jay Z song. <laughs> you know, in order to survive, you gotta learn to live with regrets. And um those regrets of like you know, didn't go to see him in Tampa or not picking up the phone or, you know, you know, th- those things you just got to live with because, and re- like you say, remember those other times. So, and remember to cry and don't get mad at yourself for crying. Like it may be like, Oh, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle of food line or Publix or Sam's Club, wherever you go to get groceries. And if you go to the corner store, I'm sitting in the middle of this corner store and I'm crying and the cashier is like, you gonna give me that two dollars and seventeen cent or not? And you're like, I'm trying to get it out. And you just you just put it there and you go to the car and you have that. You turn on that song you need to and you let out a cry. Yeah. yeah and I'm, it'll 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 be cleansing. It's like okay. I I probably need to do that, you know, because I still got a bin of his stuff that's like right here that I keep walking past and like, nope, not today. So I probably need to probably play that play that song, go through the bean, cry, um, maybe eat a half a cheesecake and then lay down. You know, maybe that's yeah. what I need to do. Um, when you're ready, when you're ready. Yeah. All right. I I am not going to harp on this too much because I want I want to get an opportunity to kind of talk about you and the great things that you're doing as well. And that way we won't we won't end on a whole note of of, of me crying. Um. Uh, I can actually laugh a little bit. So, baddies with business. Tell me, tell me about it. Let's talk about it. I want to hear all the great things because you got some stuff going on. I've been seeing you post some stuff, girls. So I'm really proud of you on some of your things. But I, I want you to talk about it. I want, I want to hear from you. Okay. And then if I leave some out, you'd be like, "Oh, you remember this thing?" Because mm-hmm. I feel like things move and shake all the time. So, in 2018, I'll take it back to um, that time. I was consulting full time. And that also was another thing that helped me grieve is because I didn't have to report to an office or a job each day. I'm I pretty much molded my schedule and also that allowed me to like take moments or take days where I'm like, I can't get out of bed today or Monday through Thursday because I just need to be here. And during that time I was consulting with the organization that I had when I left New Orleans at the time, I was working with them. So an education nonprofit that works with people who are starting new ventures, education. And my role within that uh, organization was supporting people in New Orleans that had new ideas in education. So that could be a program, a school, an ed tech tool. And what I noticed is that um, a lot of the um, black and brown folks, specifically the black folks, specifically black women, had these brilliant ideas. And then although they were receiving the same resources, they still like 
there was a challenge and a struggle when they went back to whatever they called home, if they were in New Orleans or if they were coming from other parts of the country with, they had the buy-in from the community, but they were unable to get the funding they need or mm-hmm. the different support. So in my role, I just like try to support them as much as I could. And um, also it was outside of my role. I also try to support them and just like, hey, sis, is there anything I do? Any additional insight? Share some things. So I just kind of held on to that. So um, fast forward to continue to do consulting work at the end of twenty. 18, I was like, you know, let me ease back into a job because benefits are expensive when you're consulting. Um, people don't tell you that. They're very expensive unless you have like a team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I moved back in and I continued to do consulting. And some of the work that I was doing was like coaching and like helping people with their pitch, telling their stories. So 2020 came, the panorama hit. <laughs> and uh, I was thankful I still had my full-time job. I just went home. So I went back remote. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I had moved to Maryland December of 2019 for the job because I had to do school visits. Ooh. February, things shut down. I'm like, I'm paying all this money and I'm in Maryland, right. right here by D.C. So I was like, I'm thankful to have this job. And then I noticed that a lot of, not noticed, what well, I knew a lot of the Black women I had interacted with from consulting work. And then I just knew personally had jobs like their job was their business mm-hmm. and they weren't able to bring in the income they could before because of the pandemic and the uncertainty. Right. So I said, well, what is something I can do? That's like a quick thing is I can purchase items from them. It doesn't take much for me to search and find different black women owned businesses. And then I'll post it on my personal page. So every week I tried to order two to three things from a black woman and I'll post it on my personal page. So then maybe about a month into that, people started to reach out to me and say, hey, Mal, I'm looking for this particular candle, looking for this type of product. Can you point me to a black woman that might have this? And I was like, sure. So I go to Instagram, go to the internet, and, you know, I type it in and try to find it. So as I continue to do that, I was like, there's more that I can do. Mm-hmm. And let me figure out what that more is. So then I thought about the skills that I had. and so. I remembered that like I had done a lot of like pitch coaching, had moderated and hosted pitch events in New Orleans, had done coaching for people who were in pitch events. So I was like, okay, storytelling. And something I love about, you know, being country is there's a front porch or there's a yard and you go sit out there with some tea or some lemonade or something else strong. Right. And I just like that. And that's what I loved about doing with my dad. So I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And the podcast is just me having conversations with Black women to share their stories. And I also knew that um, Black women, I knew about like the data piece where Black women were outpacing any race and ethnicity when it came to starting businesses, but not making it out of infancy stage, which was year five. Mm -hmm. And having done work specifically in the education space around like early stage entrepreneurship, I knew that like this was a sweet spot that I really liked. So- my goal at that time was to share the stories of black women entrepreneurs so they can celebrate things that they've done because we don't celebrate enough. We can talk about some of the challenges and then they can say what they need. And the hope is that someone would listen and one could purchase their products, but recommend it to other people who might need that. Income. Yeah. So before branching out, I did the thing that I always um, 
would coach people to do is I started with my users. And so my users would be black women entrepreneurs. So I went to a couple of friends that I knew. I texted them. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about starting this podcast. One, would you listen? Two, would you be on it? And every single person that I text was like, yes, yes, yes. So the last friend that I text, she was like, yes, when do we record? And this was a Friday. And I was like, girl, we recording on Sunday. Let me know when you're free. I know nothing about podcasting. So I went to <laughs> YouTube University and I learned everything I can. That first episode, you can still listen now and tell the difference between that one to, to like the last one. It was the sound on my, my Mac that I had. It was, I didn't even have headphones. Oh, I just, man. you probably can hear like the train in the background. <laughs> um, it's a little like, it's not as crisp yeah. as it is now, but I just wanted to put it out there. And so I batch recorded 10 episodes. And then someone was like, when is this going live? This was in May. I was like, mm, June 1st. That seems like a good time to start something. So June 1st, 2020, I rolled out three episodes for the podcast, having batched 10 for that first season. And it took off. It did better than I ever expected i was like oh maybe my mom will listen if i can show her where the podcasting is on her phone <laughs> right <laughs> and maybe like a couple of friends um but yeah that's it and so launched that monday and then my boyfriend at the time was in um, indianapolis so i was like can you come to maryland and we drive to virginia and we're going to the beach this weekend to celebrate launching I was like, I don't know. so then by that wednesday he was like i'm coming so we went to celebrate that weekend, the launching of the podcast. I was like, I don't know when it's to come, but we're going to celebrate. Okay, I just dropped three episodes. I did something. Yeah. The first episode, it took me three hours to edit. That episode <laughs> was 30 minutes. It took me three hours because I cannot figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been there. And then it just, <laughs> it just took off from there. So after that, the baddies wanted to connect in the community. So I did. I had the first um Baddies event in September of 2020, and that brought them together virtually. I wanted to test out what people pay to come and hear some, learn some things from me. And so we had a tea meditation. Each person that registered received a baddie box, which had products from Black women-owned businesses that I literally put together in my living room. Mm. And we started with a tea meditation. We talked about barriers we had, did a 36 to 90 plan, and then each person received coaching after that. And they're like, wow, this is great. When's the next one? I was like, y'all, this kind of got me in the red, my pocket. So we got to wait. Fast forward, June 2021, did the second one. That test was, would people pay more for a little longer? So the first one was 90 minutes. The second was two hours. And would they be willing to like hear from experts? Because I said, I can create the space. And then I can tap the experts to come in. I don't have to be the expert and be the space creator. Exactly. People loved it. So I had an attorney, I had um, someone in bookkeeping, and then I had a marketing and PR person. Mm -hmm. And it was great. We started again with tea meditation. We ended it with setting intentions and a way speed. They still got a baddie box. So then at that same time, I was like, okay, we're getting a handle on the pandemic. We're still in it, but I want to do an in-person event. So that February prior to February 2021, I put together a bad squad. I just texted a couple of friends I knew and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this event. Are you interested in helping? That's literally what the text said. Very cryptic. And people were like, mm, I trust you, so I'm going to be down, I guess. 
So we worked for 11 months to put together the first in-person Badge of Business Retreat and Community Bazaar that happened in December 2021. And it was in Durham, North Carolina at a Black-owned bed and breakfast. It was Friday um, evening, Saturday. Um, the retreat ended Saturday around 12. We flipped the whole um, bed and breakfast. We opened the doors at three o'clock for the community to come to Community Bazaar, which is like a market. It has 75 people from the community come to the bazaar. We had about 25 baddies that were in attendance. And people were like, this is amazing. When's the next one? I was like, I don't know, y'all. This hit my pockets again. So the, <laughs> the second, the next one got the squad together again. And I said, we're going. We're trying the second test is going to be in North Carolina. We're moving to Charlotte. So this time it's a little further out of my comfort zone. I'm from Bun, which is 45 minutes from Durham. But Durham was still different because it's like I'm, I grew up down the road, right. but I'm country. Right. right. Durham is a city. Well, right. people are like, oh, Durham's not that big. Durham is a city to somebody who's in country. Yeah. So we go into the big city of yeah. Charlotte. Okay. The queen city. Yeah. So I connected with an old teammate of mine from college. She had a gym and an event space. So we used that space because I continuously wanted to go black owned, black woman owned and um, use that space. I had got feedback about people wanted the whole weekend. They wanted to see the city. So we started on Friday at 12. We had all day Saturday. That night we went out in town and did a toast in the city. And then Sunday was a community bazaar. And again, it was still like, People were like, okay, where's the next one? Right. And by that time, I had moved to St. Louis. Um, so I was in Maryland. My boyfriend's in Indianapolis. And we decided on St. Louis because he has a daughter here and a son in Indianapolis. So we would you know, go back between the two of them. So I had moved to St. Louis. And I was like, okay, we've tested it out twice in person, tested out twice virtual. Now I was trying to take it somewhere else. Let's take right. it to St. Louis because that's where I'm at now. So I was like, well, I'm going to test out if people will be interested in coming to St. Louis. So at the end of the retreat, I said, all right, y'all. Next year, we're hitting the road. They're like, where are we going? Because we're we going to pull up. I was like, we're going to the Midwest. We're going to St. Louis. For those of you who don't know, I live there now. And so we're pulling up to St. Louis. Ah, this is so good. I was like, yep. So um, this year, we're in St. Louis, April 14th through the 16th. And it's a full weekend. We'll start at 12 on Friday. Um, I'm really thankful that I'm going to be partnering with um, Ohana Ashe, who's the founder of For the Culture STL. So we have some things. We're going to be out in the city on that Saturday. That Sunday, we're doing the bazaar bigger and better than we've done it before. So that's, this is dope. That's, that's the journey. Dope. Yeah and, yeah. and in the midst of that, there's five seasons of the podcast. There's 93 baddies stories who have been shared, three of which are under 18 young baddies. Wow. Um, season six is going to be coming probably later this year. Um, now that I've dusted off my mic, you know, for this. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> so I'll be coming back. Um, I had to, I had planned to come back with season six last year, but from July to November, I was like taking care of my mom. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like you had a, it's a, it's a lot. It's, it's a mental, you got to have a whole mental space to be able to record. Yo, people do not know. They, they be like, yo, it's been a couple of weeks. When, when a new episode, like, y'all, give me yeah. a second. Give me a second. I was like, I need the space. Yeah. 
But I'm excited because I that that was on my list of things to ask you about. Um, when was season six coming? So I am glad for that, and I'm I'm really excited for you. I mean, you you did miss the poor where you 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 trademark badge for business. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I I don't, I don't want that to get away. You know, you did yes. do that. You know what I'm saying? So that's a proud moment there. So just 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 you know meeting you at the pod fest last year and just seeing your journey and seeing how things are progressing. I'm I'm so proud. I kind of wish. That I was a woman, so I could go, um, you know, because because it's it's it sounds like it's gonna be fun, and then you know, of course, mutual friend, um, Monique, shout out to Mo, um, uh, you know, she went to the one in Charlotte, and she it's it's like while she was there, she was she was talking about how how great it was. So I know St. Louis is gonna be even better. Um, can I just happen to go to St. Louis during that time frame and maybe run into y'all at the bazaar? I don't know, I don't know, I might not be able to do it. What? Let me just say, so shout out to Monique. Hey, girl. <laughs> um, let me tell you, Monique is on it. Monique is has already booked her flight for this year. She booked her flight before I released the dates. She was like, I'm going to be there. I mean, I told her the date so she can book her flight. Yeah. But she is already there. I'm so proud of her. also want to shout her out. Um, the Lemon Touch. Yeah. She is now full-time entrepreneur yeah. running her incredible um, service. Y'all check her out if you're in South Carolina. If you want, if you want to fly her out to, you know, touch up the space that you have, clean up the space, hit her up. She might do it. I don't know. I'm trying to get her to like take the, a road trip to Atlanta and come come clean up this. <laughs> I just because this area have, right here that's being recorded, this mm-hmm. is the cleanest area. Is, <laughs> Look, that's that's all you need. One clean clean area. You can put your mic down. But for the bazaar, because some people ask about this, the retreat is restricted to Black women-owned businesses. Um, or black women owned entrepreneurs, the bazaar is for the community. Mm-hmm. So anybody in the community can pull up. We're going to have food trucks. We haven't secured those yet, but we're going to have food trucks. We're going to open up that gate. We're going to have some music. It is going to be a time. A time will be had. So you <laughs> and your aunt can come on and come, or your cousin, whoever the family member is, y'all can come on to the bazaar because it is going to be great. Also, if you're like, are there other things happening in St. Louis during that weekend that I can also engage in? Yes. The Cardinals will be in town, and I think they're playing the Pirates, so you can hit up the Cardinals game on that Friday, scoot on over to the Bazaar on Sunday, or you can go to the Cardinals game Friday and Saturday and then come to the Bazaar on Sunday. Okay. All right. So I, 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 still, can, I still can come and then partake and then, and then show my support at the Bazaar, um, yep. support, supporting black women in their businesses. Which yeah, I need to let my that. let my aunt know about it as well because I, I I know she's got a business that she's starting as well. So tell Auntie, I, tell Auntie to pull up. I told her also, pull up. I've been trying to talk to um. So my boyfriend's name is Randy, and I was like, Randy, you could host the booze of the baddies. So any of the booze that are like coming in town, um, that's you can like, you can host the booze if the booze are are not already there. I had this um incredible couple last year where. Um, Brandy with Mahogany Pen Publishing, she was like, I'm telling my wife that we're going to do a trip. And I was like, okay. And so she came onto the retreat and then her wife met us when we were out in the streets later on that night. But it's like, bring your boo. Your boo can come or your boo can hit the streets while you were at the retreat. Yeah. Mm, that kind of rhymes. Hey, look at you flowing. Look at you flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yo, so this is this is dope. I'm super proud of you. Um, I know. I know that you are a baddie with many businesses got going on. You, 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 you really business. I, I ain't gonna hold you for too much longer, but 
I like to like to end things on on you know how we end things here on it's about damn time. Tell okay. somebody what it's about damn time for. Now, since we talked about business and since we also talked about grief, I'm gonna let you choose which one you're gonna talk about. So you can say you can tell me or the audience and or all of us together what it's about damn time for in regards to being a baddie with a business or 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 how you handle grief. Your choice. Yeah. It is about then time for people to understand that there'll be moments of grief that happen in your business. Mm. There's going to be things that don't work and you have to be like, okay, that happened. I learned a lesson and I'm going slow. Um, also in life, when you have grief, when you have a business, you have to understand and have a support team around you. So you are able to navigate that and not be all pent up. So you can't process and that journey. So like, that's it. I like that. You, you just combined the two. Uh, I like that. You know, see, you're so talented, girl. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's about damn time to live with regrets. Um, you know, and uh, and allow yourself to to grieve, uh, no matter what thing that you have in your head about why you shouldn't grieve. You sh- you should allow yourself to grieve and process that. Don't li- don't sit there in the grief. Um, allow it to flow through you and also work through it. So, yeah, I keep saying I keep saying I'm about to schedule this therapist and then I get busy working on other stuff. But I got I got to put that towards the forefront. So. Yeah, I'll be making some phone calls uh, this week. Um, but Laura, thank you so much for being here. I've I've truly enjoyed this. You've had thank me you cry. You've had me cry. You know, um, I, I'm gonna go dry my eyes. Uh, you know, and you know, come on back and then talk some more about you know baddies with you know with business. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me this week on this About Damn Time. Hey, if you like what you heard, follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and IG, and join the conversation on this week's episode. Link to all my socials in the show notes. You can also show love by simply giving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, for more blogs, pods, and other digital content, go to thewholedamnshow.com. Until next time, I'll see you next week.